A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option at midwestfarmreport.com. From Rodeo Queen to Radio Queen, this is the Farm Report with Reba McClone. Good morning and happy Monday. It is 5.05 right now on Monday, December 16th, and we're happy to have you along with us. It's a nice Monday after a Packer win, so nothing to complain about there, at least. On my drive-in today in Madison, there were some slick spots, so be careful if you're out there driving. Right now in Madison, it's 19 degrees, and all around our listening area, we're right around in that range, anywhere from 16 to 19 degrees. But we'll have more information about the weather when we talk with our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck, at 5.00. 35 we'll have a quick update on the water quality task force here in the state pam talks with adam brock with the dairy farmers of wisconsin so you can find out more about that and then we'll also have a look at hemp and banking how are those two industries coming together and is it going to be easier for farmers to find banking opportunities if they are interested in growing hemp that's been a quick look ahead at what we have coming up in the show today we'll be back right after this the fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke wants to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. Go online now to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Check out those adorable baby bibs and sign up to get yours absolutely free. Thanks to the wonderful folks at Quick Trip. Supplies are extremely limited, so don't delay. Log on now, fabulousfarmbabe.net. Here's a chance to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. The scenery is breathtaking, the people amazing. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to join me on our next agriculture adventure to Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. We'll begin with three nights in Glasgow. Then it's on to Edinburgh and tour of the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin with agricultural highlights like an Ireland dairy farm and an expansive rural life museum. Email me, Pam, at MidwestFarmReport.com or call 800 826 2266. Lots of excitement as we get into 2020 about growing hemp. What did we learn last year and what do we still have to learn? Lots, of course. Bob Bosel at the northern end of the longest barn here in Eau Claire as growers of hemp are springing up all over Wisconsin. And uh, Pam, a rule that came out from federal regulators about a week or two ago should make it easier for those hemp producers and processors to work with their bankers. You know, that's one thing, Bob, that I don't think we often consider when it comes to hemp opportunities in Wisconsin. Financing and even things like insurance, not to be taken for granted. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'm sure that if you were a grower, a farmer, that initially thought about getting into industrial hemp production and you needed a little money to do it, you might have been surprised to find how... How hesitant, if not uh, downright uh, unavailable, your lenders will, were. Well, we're getting more clarification on the banking regulations that our lenders have to be mindful of, but there's still plenty of gray matter out there. I had a chance to visit with Scott Berencott, who is the uh, Assistant General Counsel for Legal Matters with the Wisconsin Bankers Association, and he said, despite what you might think, there are a lot of bankers interested in helping if they can just get past the FCC rules and ordinances that they have to work with. 
Where the gray area really exists for the banks is on the regulatory side. So we talk about all these rules, right? 2014 Farm Bill, 2018 Farm Bill, USDA, DAT cap. All of those apply to the businesses, the farmers, mm -hmm. those that are involved in the agricultural side. None of that applies to a bank, but banks have rules and regulations of their own to meet. None of them have been updated. All of the regulatory agencies are silent on the issue of hemp. So we've got FDIC, OCC, CFPB, FinCEN, all of these different federal agencies, these different mm -hmm. soup of acronyms, so to speak, these authorities that are coming in and examining banks on a regular basis. So they come in regularly, audit, pull files, make sure that banks are complying with Bank Secrecy Act and know your customer considerations and scrutinizing over these, again, somebody in the bank pulling files, looking directly at this, pouring over everything they've got to make sure that they open an account correctly. So that's where a lot of the uncertainty still exists. And even though banks can go out there and look and look at these regulations that are governing their businesses, they want to know what the examiners expect, and they're not getting that right now. Are we alone in that? There's other states that are a little bit more advanced in how they're handling both industrial hemp and uh, legal marijuana. Are we taking a page from them, or are we all in this gray area soup? We are not alone in that because these federal regulators go in and examine banks across the country. Now, part of it depends on their charter, and so what agency they're chartered under, national or state charter. So, for example, we have the Department of Financial Institutions, which is a Wisconsin agency. And DFI hasn't said anything specific to how they are going to do it on their state-level examinations, but a bank in Colorado or Illinois or Minnesota is going to be dealing with the federal prudential regulators as well. So these issues aren't ones that we are hearing from our other state banking associations that we are alone on. So is there a lot of money? I mean, obviously, a lot of this is private money, partner money, that type of thing. Is the banking industry intrigued about where this could be going for them as far as clientele, new portfolios, or are they completely happy to just buy their time? The thing that the banking industry is interested in at this point is helping their customers, helping their communities. They want to be able to provide the banking services for these local businesses that want them. If there is a farmer, a grower, or a business that is going to need financing, yeah. they're going to want to find ways to help them too because mm -hmm. they understand that this is important to them. They understand that this is an important aspect of their community, and they want to be able to work with them. So the first step, of course, is understanding this, You know, as we've been talking, not only from a compliance standpoint but also a business standpoint. So banks want to help, but there's going to be a little bit of an uptake on that and as they get to understand this. And so one of the ways I've been explaining that is that this is something that's been in the mix for a long time, right? Hemp, legal hemp. And a lot of people who are savvy about this know all about it because it's been around for a long time since the colonial days and since World War II. So there are experts out there, agricultural experts, that are going to know the growing conditions, are going to know the uses, are going to have a plan for doing this. Banks aren't going to be there just now. So as soon as this became legal, you know, day one, we were getting calls and 
banks didn't even know it was legal at that point, let alone what it was. Yeah. They hadn't seen it. Yeah. Um, they, they don't know what it looks like. Wait a minute, there is something different from hemp and marijuana? Is that true? And so those are the kind of questions we're getting. So not only do we have that just know-how catch-up, and we are starting to see that the banks are starting to get this. They're, they're starting to acknowledge this and realize this. But once we get past that and we even know what hemp is, we have to start asking the questions, okay, what is legal hemp? So, again, there is certainly a desire to help. There is just a time period where we are starting to familiarize and get to know this. And another example that I would give is how, in my opinion, I am seeing that banks seem to be becoming more comfortable with it. And the example that I would give is that some of the first questions I get, you know, again, are, wait a minute, what is this hemp stuff? Is it legal? What are the laws? I just don't know about this. I d we can't do this. I d I don't, I'm not convinced yet. Those questions have morphed to, okay, we understand it. We're starting to develop our policies and procedures, get comfortable with it, work with our community. Even just yesterday, I had a question. Now how do we market it? Yeah. So the questions are going from, what is this? And, and we're hesitant to, what do we need to do to be able to work with them? You know, and you bring up a good point. Uh, are you seeing banks, bankers, maybe segment that industrial hemp a little bit where they are comfortable. Equipment investment versus the fields, the inputs. Um, a marketing campaign or, a, or something, a storefront or something like that. Can they try to sliver through elements they are comfortable in and have a little bit more clear footprint, shall we say, of history than the seed, the fertilizer, the planter, etc.? That really is the trick, is finding those areas that they're comfortable in mm -hmm. and then broadening from there. And that, again, comes from where we do have certainty and where we don't, but also as the industry itself develops, yeah. seeing where it develops. And the distinction that I think I would make in that regard on the banking industry side of things is we can look at it from a deposit versus a loan side. So deposits are something that are a little easier to break into because we're just talking about banking services. We're talking about a business or a farmer that comes yeah. in and, and they just want a place to put their money. Right. They want checks. Yeah. They want to get out of cash. They want online banking, debit yeah. cards. And that is a relationship that a, a bank can do and understands from a business standpoint because mm -hmm. they, they enter these banking mm -hmm. arrangements with businesses all the time. They still have compliance considerations. They still have Know Your Customer considerations, Bank Secrecy Act. they got to make sure they're checking all those boxes. Now on the loan, it gets a little bit more complicated because we're not just talking about knowing that. We're not just talking about offering services, but we're talking about a investment. We're yeah. talking about a, a relationship that is much more complex than just opening a, a business account. So I haven't had many discussions from banks that are exploring that yet, but also I don't think a lot of businesses are, are starting to go to banks for those investment opportunities just yet. But when you get your foot in, your, in that door and you've got that banking relationship with them, then I think when you start to explore that, the key that I always say when we get questions, not from banks now, but from those involved in the industry, they say, if I want that loan, when I want that loan, how do I start? And in my opinion, you start that by having a conversation by appreciating and understanding all of these complexities mm -hmm. and need to know that the banks just don't have just yet, but they are working on and they want to get there and they need your help in understanding that. So 
don't be surprised when you go into your bank and they've got more questions for you than you expected. When they want more documentation than you expected, and you say, gee, I, I just can't believe that they want to see my license, my certificate yeah. of fit for yeah. commerce. They want to know where my fields are. Mm -hmm. They're just doing that because they want to, you know, kind of suspender and bootstraps, check yeah. all those boxes, and they want to help you, but they want to make sure that they are not breaking any requirements that they have. Yeah. So they're still working to find answers for our Wisconsin bankers that are interested in working with industrial hemp farmers and processors, but may lack uh, legal clearance when it comes to the banking side of the regulatory system. That's Scott Bierencott, Assistant Director of Legal at the Wisconsin Bankers Association. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. When most people hear the name Reba, they think of the country music legend who has her own TV show. But when us Wisconsinites hear the name Reba, we think of the farm superstar with her own radio show. This is the Farm Report with Reba McClone. Good morning and welcome back. It is 519 right now and we are on the line with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, when I was driving in this morning, I had a couple slick spots. Yeah, a couple of slick spots. There's a little light snow out there, and that all has to do with low pressure that's way off to our south. So what we're seeing now is probably the worst it'll be. I guess that's a, a highlight and better news for us on a Monday morning, but low pressure is off to the south on around Kentucky, Tennessee. 
And radar indicates a, a little band of activity all the way from Kansas into Missouri, Illinois. Some of the light activity just grazed southern Wisconsin, pulling off to northern Indiana, lower Michigan as well right now. So not a big deal, not a major problem. But like Reba said, a couple of slick spots, be on the alert for that. Otherwise, not a bad day. Certainly a little improvement over yesterday, not quite so cold. But we aren't going to have the sun either. With that low just off to the south, expect some more clouds to hold on and at the same time there's a cold front off to the northwest just on the northwest edge of wisconsin extending back into south dakota that front drops through the state tomorrow will it mean precipitation absolutely not it's going to pass through dry but it will let a little more cold air settle on in and there's the part i'm not too keen on it may not really cool off sharply tomorrow but wednesday is going to be the coldest day of the week as that second front drops on through and wednesday low teens might be the best we can do at a lot of locations it is going to be a much colder day sure there'll be sunshine that's always nice in the winter a sunny really cold day that's exactly what's coming up by midweek and otherwise then we start some moderation for the end of the week really no precipitation threats to talk about this week that next front drops through out of the northwest the next day is much further off to our south and doesn't have any kind of an influence and as we talked about that cold air wednesday maybe the better news we will see some moderation thursday friday into the weekend back to normal or even above so for some early holiday traveling you know getting out in the weekend before christmas Looks like Mother Nature is going to give us a pretty nice shake here in this part of the Midwest, at least, with some drier and more mild weather that's in store. So just get ready. A little cool yet today. Certainly cooling Tuesday and Wednesday. Be prepared for colder weather, but at least it does stay dry. And I'll have those forecast details right after this. Castles? culture and cows. That's the combination we've got lined up for you on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to come along to Scotland and Northern Ireland September 15th through the 25th. We'll start off with three nights in Glasgow where we'll cruise Loch Lamond, tour the Inverary Castle, then it's on to historic Edinburgh and touring the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Just think about the history there. You want to talk history? We'll be touring the Titanic Belfast Museum and also witnessing the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We've got agricultural highlights included, a visit to an Ireland dairy farm, and the fantastic National Museum of Rural Life in Scotland. Call 800-826-2266 for details or email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Also online, holidayvacations.com. Scotland and Ireland, join us. All right, and we are back on the line with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. And I know you were talking about how Wednesday is going to be cold, and I'm not a fan of that, but how are things going to look overall today? Today, really not all that bad. Like I said, even a little bit nicer than yesterday. So, you know, for those who are outside working on Sunday or at a Packer game or something, you know how cold it was today is going to be a little bit nicer, but more cloudy, mostly cloudy skies. And for a lot of us, it'll be just into the upper 20s. I'd say Madison, probably warmest of all of our locations and heading to near 29. Everybody else, probably 26, 28. Overnight, we do clear out later on and it does get colder down to the low teens, 12, 13, 14. Northwest winds will be around 5 to 10. Mostly sunny on Tuesday and some mid-20s, a lot of spots. Madison, again, might be our warm spot at 28. The west winds at 5 to 15. 
And then there's the cold day Wednesday. Sunny skies, cold mid-teens may be about our best to do. And the northwest winds at 5 to 15. Reba will give you the high spot. Then by Thursday, expect some sunshine returns. More likely back up around 30 or so. That's absolutely normal. And it does warm as we head toward the end of the week. So bundle up, be ready. Wednesday, like I say, the cold day this week. And we don't have to worry too much about any kind of snow cleanup, even on through the weekend. Well, that's always nice to hear. As much as I am like, I would like some snow for Christmas, I don't like having to clean up the snow for Christmas. Yeah, clean up or drive in it. That kind of takes the fun out of it. That's the truth. Well, thank you so much, Stu, and we will check in with you again tomorrow. Absolutely. Have a great Monday. You too, Stu. That was ag meteorologist Stu Muck on the line with us, giving you giving you your update on how the weather conditions are going to be looking. And like we said, here in the Madison area, it is a little slick out there, or it was at least when I was driving in. So make sure you take your time and give yourself that the extra space between you and the vehicles in front of you. We'll be back after this. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, the end of the calendar year is right around the corner. Time to make some decisions. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here from my buddies at Zimbrick Chevrolet, Main Street, Sun Prairie. It is December. Talk to your tax advisor right now. See if buying a new vehicle for your business is going to reduce your tax bill. It's called Section 179, and lots of Chevy vehicles qualify. To use the 179 deduction, you need to do a couple things. The vehicle has to be titled in the company's name. It has to be used for business at least 50% of the time, and it's got to be placed into service before the end of this calendar year. Chuck Ebbs, my buddy that's working in the fleet and commercial area, can help you out, or any of the staff at Zimbrick Chevrolet. Remember, they are a business elite dealer. That means you get extended service hours, work-ready loaners, and a smiling face in Chuck Ebbs that can work you through all of the right business decisions. Find out more today. Zimbrick Chevrolet, Main Street, Sun Prairie. I was on my second tour of combat duty when I got injured. After extensive rehab and learning how to use a wheelchair, I started looking for an apartment. But many units had steps and narrow doorways. I fought for freedom and thought I would be free to choose where I live. My husband and I are blessed with two young children. Recently, we thought we had found the perfect apartment online, but the listing said no children. Our dream was to have a family, but now that we've found our dream home, we're being denied because we are a family. After the phone interview, we assumed the apartment was ours. But when we showed up, the manager was quick to say it's no longer available. These individuals all experience some form of housing discrimination. If it happens to you, know what to do. Be informed and aware of your rights. The only way to stop housing discrimination is to report it. Take action and visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call HUD's Housing Discrimination Hotline at 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. 
In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Did Wisconsin talk about after the game, Zach, maybe finding the keys to offense? I, I don't know where that has been with Quintez Cephas all year. I mean, we've seen flashes, but he was obviously the focal point of that game. And now you see uh, the hype and why people are so excited to get him back. I mean, he, he was the best player on the field when they were throwing him the football on Saturday. Yeah, it was unexpected just the way that they threw the ball considering the conditions. Um, you know, Jack Cohen said it didn't bother him whatsoever. He <laughs> like felt like we were in the backyard back in Long Island when I was a kid. Um, and, and yeah, Quintez Cephas, they got him going early. I thought that was the key. They got him going early on a couple of slants and finding the ball, getting the ball in his hands, keeping him involved. And, you know, he is, brings as much energy to that team as anybody, especially offensively. So, um, yeah. And then, the, I mean, I, some, I just sometimes you see the aggressiveness out of Paul Christ, and sometimes you don't, and you saw it on, on Saturday. I mean, the throw – on first, their first possession coming out of the second half, you know, they throw the deep ball to Cephas for 31 yards, come back two plays later and find him for the 47-yarder. That was uh, that was the type of offense that I think a lot of people were hoping to see this year, you know, try and spread pe- teams out and throw the ball down the field, and it was pretty. It was pretty on Saturday. Uh, visit with our sports director, Zach Kyleprin. So now we get the, the rematch uh, is set. Is this one of those, Zach, be, be careful what you wish for? Or do you think Wisconsin, you know, is saying, look, we get a we get another chance to right what was a terrible wrong in Columbus, you know, a month ago. What do you think the mindset is going into Saturday night? 
I remember talking to guys after the game uh, in Columbus, and especially Cole Van Lannan, the left tackle, and he was talking about, I hope we get another chance. Uh, I want another chance. because and He was talking about Ohio State in general, but I think he was a lot of talking about Chase Young as well and how Chase Young essentially just ruined them offensively. So he, and, he, and I asked him about it after the game on, on Saturday as well, and he said it's a huge opportunity, it's a huge challenge, but really they have nothing to lose at this point. Um, you know, No one expects them to win. Obviously the Las Vegas doesn't. Because um, I what what's the spread, spread now? Last time I saw it, it was sixteen. Seventeen and a half. It's up to. Yeah, so seventeen and a half. I went back through the records, could not find a single game in the last twenty-two years <laughs> where they were a bigger underdog. So they're, this is the biggest you know deficit they're facing on that on that side of things. So they have nothing to lose. No one expects them to win, and it's an opportunity. I'll be honest. I don't think I don't think it's a great. I mean, it's a great opportunity. I don't think they have a, a great chance of pulling it off, but. Again, I guess anything can happen, and we'll see what happens in terms of them finding a way to, to slow offense. The thing about Ohio State is if you slow their offense, great. How do you score? Or if you score, how do you slow their offense? Like They're just so well-rounded. Hey, they're, Rutgers did score 21 points against them, Zach. Never forget unleash that. Cone. Rutgers did score 21 points against they, this Zach, defense. They, they unleash they Cone. Did, yeah, unleash Unleash Cone, assuming he can stay up for more than two seconds. <laughs> Quick pocket awareness. Zach, I mean, obviously Wisconsin uses a lot of billboard or uh, bulletin board material because Chris Orr, I want to go back to Saturday real quick, and you had tweeted this out, Chris Orr's comments after the game about Minnesota disrespecting the Axe. Now, Wisconsin obviously gets a lot of fuel from getting disrespected. I guess you could go to that point spread against Ohio State right now, the biggest they've been for 20 seasons. But can you go back to the locker room of what Chris Orr was talking about, saying Minnesota disrespected the Axe over the past year? Yeah, the whole thing about the Axe, it was – that was their off-season focus. It was their, it was the biggest focus going back to winter conditioning, spring ball, summer conditioning, fall camp. The picture of Minnesota celebrating with the Axe in the trophy case where the Axe had been for quite some time, that had been their focus all all season long or all off-season long. Um, and it was also not – it wasn't in the picture, but, you know, Chris Orr went and uh, had, a, had a huge issue with the fact that uh, the way that P.J. Fleck – really P.J. Fleck, I guess Minnesota, handled the axe this this year. And it wasn't the celebration after the game. That that happened. That's that's what it is. It was the use the using it uh, and renting it out and sharing it, you know, to people. And he thought that they made some money on it. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, I assume they, I'm assuming it is. Um, he had an issue with them making money off of off the axe. That's he goes, it's not a commodity you can just sell or make money off of it's uh it's a special thing and then he also took issue with he called pj fleck essentially a liar saying that pj fleck said that wisconsin only allowed their seniors to touch the axe which wasn't true the only the seniors chop the goalposts but everybody can touch the axe and so there was there was a, a line and there was uh the way it was handled and so yeah he went off on he went off on it afterwards and it was the reason why instead of just chopping the goalpost they took the axe to midfield and started using it as a as an oar yeah and, uh, Good morning and welcome back. It's currently 535 and we've got a look at how things are going for the governor's water quality task force. And now from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agribusiness News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. State Representative Todd Novak is the chair of the water quality task force. And after seven months of information gathering, beginning in January, the task force will be introducing legislation to try and address what we can regarding water quality. And they have a short list of priorities. 
Well, top priority, as I noted, was is fully funding county conservationists. That is a big priority, and also we'll be coming out with some bills that um, we need data. We learned that the one important thing was we need more data, and the science has gotten so good. So we're trying to encourage counties to do water studies because we need their data. Once we get the state of Wisconsin covered in data, then the science is so good we'll be able to pinpoint hot spots, go in and, and try to fix them. Producer-led watersheds. I mean, we the groups and the fantastic work they're doing. We're going to expand on those. So it's a combo of new programs, existing programs, and expanding on them and taking what works and running with it. Novak was also quick to point out that things are likely to change as legislation moves forward. He said that the task force is committed to following science and data when it comes to legislation. To see more on what the Water Quality Task Force has been working on, you can go to waterqualitywi.com. That's waterqualitywi.com. From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agribusiness News Desk, that's a look at what's been happening on a Monday. Be sure to keep up with all of your farm news by following us online at the midwestfarmreport.com there you can keep up to date on all of your farm news as well as sign up for our newsletter where you can get updates on what's happening in farm news right to your email that's also where you can find our podcast where we put the morning show up on a regular basis so you can find what you've missed if you had to miss a morning and the last thing you can do when you're over there is sign up for your free fabulous farm baby bib thanks to our friends at quick trip dads uncles grandpas brothers if you're missing a gift right now for that little bundle of joy who's in your life, whether it's yours, a niece, a nephew, a cousin, a grandchild, we've got you hooked up. All you have to do is sign up and we'll send you a free bib along with a special gift from Quick Trip. So if you want to sign up for that free farm baby bib, head over to the MidwestFarmReport.com. I'll be back with a look at your opening market numbers after this. It's not surprising to any of my friends in farm country, this year has been a tough year, no matter what you grow or what you produce. Thank goodness we've got our buddies at McFarland's in the heart of Sauk City in our corner. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee reminding you that, you know, the staff at McFarland's have seen these challenging times before. They're ready to partner with you now to make it through the winter of 2018 into 2019. So when it comes to taking a look at your equipment, maybe there's something that's absolutely got to be upgraded, repaired, or refreshed. They can take care of you. And don't forget, McFarland's in that beautiful facility, 780 Carolina Street, can take care of it all under one roof. That's a weight off your shoulders. And they understand the difficult economic times. So if you're looking to try to replace a piece of equipment, they have a wealth of knowledge and a fantastic network. They'll go to the marketplace and try to find just what you need in the used category. Stop in. Visit with them today. They understand. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. All right, and we are back with a look at your opening market numbers. And before we get to those, we've got Mark Oppold giving us an update on what's happening overall. Some analysts on Wall Street and at the CME Group in Chicago referred to Christmas coming early as we start this week, phase one of the China deal closer, and house approval of the USMCA agreement with Mexico and Canada. We continue to keep our eye on corn, Kansas City wheat, and in the livestock trade, live hogs for more buying and upside potential from here. In outside markets, watch copper and silver. This is the Bottom Line Report. Well, thank you very much. We will begin a new year here in a couple of weeks. And those of you on Medicare, beginning January 1, Part B, premiums and deductibles are going up. Give our friends at AmeriCo a call, 855-343-9740. We know it's a busy time, but call today. Find out what these increases mean to you and how AmeriCo might be able to help. 855 855- 
800-543-9740. You can Google our great friends at MS Biotech and Lactapro Advance to learn more about this great product for beef and for dairy cattle. Lactapro, L-A-C-T-I-P-R-O. It's easy to overlook developments from the WTO as we begin this week as well. In short, the governing body lost its quorum of members and will be unable to take on any new cases. The U.S. has maintained that the WTO governing body has long overstepped its boundaries for years. That's how we start the week. I'm Mark Oppold, wishing you a profitable day. Thank you, Mark. And when it comes to that first phase of the China deal, the American Farm Bureau Federation Trade Advisor Dave Salmonson says that billions in enforceable new China buys of U.S. agricultural goods in return for tariff relief raises hope for a return to normal trade and maybe then some. 40 to 50 billion over two years will get us back to, and maybe somewhat above where we were before the tariff impacts and the retaliation was put on starting a year and a half ago. But the content and the context of which this is going to happen may change. China has uh, done a little bit different with their supply chains as they bought less from us. Will they buy the same products in the same amounts as they did before? Will there be some shifting around, maybe some new products? Uh, hopefully we'll regain what we had and grow. That was Dave Salmonson, trade advisor for the American Farm Bureau Federation. And now here's a look at those opening market numbers. Cash corn prices were up five cents at three eighty six, with December twenty twenty corn up three cents at three ninety eight and a quarter cent. Cash bean prices were up eight cents at nine fifteen and a half, while November twenty twenty beans were at nine fifty seven and a half, up six and a half cents. Wheat prices are currently up five cents at five thirty seven and a half, while July twenty twenty wheat was up three and three quarter cents at five forty one. And a half. January milk prices were at seventeen ninety eight, which was down five cents. With February milk down fifteen at seventeen forty five. Those are your opening market numbers. We'll be back after this. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. 
Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Chicken, sheep, and cows, oh my. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, our dairy farmers of Wisconsin want you to know what's going on during this, the holiday season, and as we get ready for 2020. Remember, you can find out more about anything you're looking for when it comes to our dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Your dairy farmer checkoff dollars at work. Just uh, Google Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Any social media channel that you're looking for all pops up right there. Now, this is a guy that's been very, very busy over the past, at least the last quarter of uh, 2019 with a lot of different activities, many of which may resonate with the dairy farmers that we're designed to serve. And that's Adam Brock. He's a director of food safety for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Now, Adam, you and I talked about this. I remember you and I talking about it at World Dairy Expo, before World Dairy Expo, a lot of really cool ideas that dairy farms are coming up with and dairy farmers of Wisconsin working hard to help coach them up on how to make some of those on-farm ideas become a reality. One that was talked about at World Dairy Expo focused in on farm-made gelato. Take me back to World Dairy Expo and how Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin has gotten involved. So we were sitting at the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin booth, and we had two farmers come up to us, and I was just, I'm still floored. They came up to us and they said, we're creating a gelato product. We want to make something, you know, value-added for our farm. So we directed them to some resources, one being Center for Dairy Research and then some other resources, and they followed up on it. So it's been a great opportunity, and they're on the front end. Now, there's another story here about Horde's Dairymen that followed a similar vein. They were interested in creating cheese, so they looked into creating a cheese plant and decided, I don't know if this is right for us, but we know through partnering with CDR that there's some great master cheesemakers out there. So they took their milk. They went to two different cheesemakers. Um, both were master cheesemakers. They worked together. They created products. Now they're in the marketplace. So it showed that collaboration works. They've got great products. The farmers have a way to get their product out, and they used resources through uh, the Center for Dairy Research and Checkoff Dollars to realize that dream. Let's talk a little bit more about what the Center for Dairy Research does. It's on the UW-Madison campus, but it essentially stands independent. It works with basically anybody that has an idea, a concept that they want to take to the marketplace. Explain their role again a little bit more specifically, Adam, on how they work with hordes, how they work with these dairy farmers that have the idea. So hordes said, you know, really, we want to make cheese, and that was the big thing. So there's a lot of business practices Mm -hmm. you have to think about. You have to follow certain regulations. You have to build a plant. You have to buy equipment. So a lot of, you know, additional things you have to think about. It's not... Simple. We'll put it that way. So through the Turbo Program, which is part of CDR, they focus on business entrepreneurship. They've developed an actual document now that you can have that you can use for food and beverage entrepreneurs. And that means farmers have free access to this. It talks about marketing tools, startup, business planning, a multitude of things that you need to grow a business. Now, Hordes 
kind of did this before this document was out, but they followed that process. And now that's out there and freely available for farmers that are looking to do value-added products. And I always point to the resource staff at the Center for Dairy Research. I mean, there's a couple folks down there that have been there for a while. They are trained food scientists. They look at it from, I guess we'd say, the retailer's side of things or the government inspector's side of things. The greatest idea still has to be safe, and that's sometimes something that gets overshadowed by the enthusiasm, the hubris, to get my great my great product to the market. Exactly. You always have to have a safe product because anything that impacts your business has the potential to impact all of Wisconsin dairy. So we look at CDR as a huge uh you know, value for the industry because they are. They're the experts. They can help you with product development. They can help you with food safety plans. They can help you with anything you want. They take your ideas, use their skill set, and then create a reality that you can run with. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is we've got to also think about, we think about promotion of products, but we also have to protect our products and protect Wisconsin dairy. So that's where this collaboration comes in. CDR works in one segment pretty much anywhere you want, but then we also try to support with things on the on the what what I call brand protection side. Wisconsin Dairy is a brand. Every farmer is their brand and we need to protect that. And anything that impacts that, whether it's a recall or a poor quality product, we right. want to help you protect. And business continuity. I mean look at the weather, Pam, uh over the past several years. So always providing tools to protect Wisconsin farmers. So we cover you on both ends, not only innovation and awareness, but also protection. You know, another thing that we've been celebrating all through 2019 is our Master Cheesemaker program, unique exclusively to Wisconsin here in the United States. Uh, and I'm a little bit, I guess, encouraged and yet surprised <laughs> that we would have Master Cheesemakers that could take the time to work on a startup project like Hordes. Well, and I think it's in their wheelhouse. They already know how to make cheese. They're experts at that. And then, as you notice, I mentioned they went to two different cheesemakers because each one specialized in a different area. So using some of the scientists at CDR and combining it with those cheesemakers and the plants really allowed them to create two to three different products. Um, but that's how we work together. I mean, really it was... We see the value, we'll do it for you, we'll work with you and have this great partnership. i got to ask you, Adam, because you and I travel in a lot of the same circles. I have had a lot of dairy farms, specifically this year, come up to me with their own ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been talking about on-farm value-added stuff for a long time, but more this year, perhaps because of economics, a lot of farms want to try to take control of their own brand, of their mm -hmm. own product. This really is a perfect example of, helping them understand you don't have to go it alone from the recipe development maybe right on through that distribution side of things you don't have to go it alone have you been getting some of the same feeling that there's a lot of this uh, pent-up anxiety to want to try to do this yes there's anxiety and there's a little bit of fear because we know what we're all good at and we're getting into a new area that we can see the vision but we just don't know how to get there so through cdr you know, Department of Ag, DFW, all the industry. This is a great state to build a dairy business. I've visited other states. We've got so many other resources, and people are so welcoming and open, and they want you to succeed. That's what makes it so unique here. So farmers, if you have ideas, bring them to CDR. 
bring them to us. Tell Pam, and we will we will help you. That's we true. are in the we are here to help. Yep. So yeah, and I, honestly, I I agree with that's my smile on my face because Adam's right. Sometimes it is just as simple as walking up to us someplace at a meeting. That's how the gelato conversation started. And I remember distinctly at World Dairy Expo, Adam coming over to me and saying, "Man, and the product rocks." Sometimes. The product needs a little refinement on the front end, yep. but you were blown away by how how good it was right out of the chute. Well, yeah, there were one or two things that you know if you took it to a full processing plant, you could improve a little bit. But overall, for where they started, that was pretty darn good. That's all I have to say. <laughs> they started out very, you know, sometimes, I've been in product development, and sometimes you just see bombs. And they came through, <laughs> and it looked really good, mm-hmm. and it needed some refinement. But that takes equipment. That takes mm-hmm. assistance. And we have those resources in Wisconsin and are more than happy to help. Now, let's talk. We kind of overshadowed one of the resources that uh, Adam was talking about. And, again, dairy farmers, this is the payback to you in part for your checkoff dollars, and that is the Center for Dairy Research, not only the people and their expertise, but also now this business and entrepreneur document. How big is it, Adam? How hard is it for me to read? Am I going to be understand it? Is it a download? How do I get it? Because I might be starting down that path of on-farm value-added, or I've got something I'm thinking about. Maybe looking at these documents is a better way to start than just a paper napkin over the kitchen table with Ma. I always think I like the paper napkin idea too, but this kind of builds on that. So the document is pretty hefty. It's about 71 pages, but to make it a little bit easier, there are some checklists in there that kind of walk you through, you know, what do I need to develop a business plan, and there will be a checklist that you can go through there and then the additional supporting pages dive into more detail. So we tried to, you know, they tried to make it easier by saying, here's a checklist, because we know too many documents, we just get overwhelmed. But if you need help, again, CDR and Turbo are more than happy to help uh, clarify some things. But there are checklists within there that help you, uh, you know, go through a process and decide, uh, I've got this covered, I've got this covered. Right. I need some help with this. And that's where those resources can take you. Go there. And it is online. Um, I know we've been sharing it. WCMA has been sharing it. Some other orgs have been sharing it. Uh, it is on the on the CDR website. Okay. Don't think it's it's – it's, uh, I've seen it. I'd have to dig a little bit to find it. But after this conversation, we're going to put it out front and center. There so. you go. That's what we do. We try to drive that kind of conversation. So, again, Adam Brock with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. He's the Director of Food Safety. If any of this resonates with you, if you are in the process of working up an on-farm ingredient, uh, a product, uh, something you want to take to the marketplace, don't go it alone. That's why your dairy checkoff dollars put people like Adam Brock on staff, put the people at the Center for Dairy Research, make sure those Master Cheesemakers are out there for support. And this new document from the Center for Dairy Research, Business and Entrepreneur Document. Look on the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin website. Look on the Center for Dairy Research website, and it'll be there for you. And what we hope will be great success in 2020. With Adam Brock from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and your Dairy Farmer Checkoff Dollars, I'm Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.